so much for tuning in to the Mental Health Happy Hour. I'm your host, Alex, and today we are talking about overcoming obstacles. Now, I know what you may be thinking. That is a very broad title. So, I actually thought to do this episode because in you know, building my podcast, creating episodes. I mean, if you follow my Instagram page, Mental Health Happy Hour, I've been trying to put out merchandise and basically just evolve this mental health advocation into the big picture dream I have for it. So in order to do that, I got with a lawyer and I started working on owning the rights to my podcast name, my podcast logo, all that cool stuff. Well, in the process, I think we were probably like four months in and I have the conversation with the lawyer helping me and she basically tells me in order to own the rights to everything, I need to change the name of my podcast and I also need to, I can keep the same logo, but I basically have to redraw it. Logo, not that big of a deal. Creating a new podcast name not terrible. <laughs> if you know me, I'm not creative. It took me two years to even think of a name and a logo for this podcast. So getting that news, I kid you not, made me want to throw the towel in. And it's hard because like I said, I was creating merchandise. I was starting to really get this going and evolving to where I wanted it to be. And it's just kind of like life was like, oh, nope, you're going to take like five steps back and then you're going to keep going. And that's hard. And like I said, I mean, it's discouraging. It makes you want to quit. But, you know, we're still here. We ain't doing that. And, you know, I think more people need to realize that part of being successful, part of reaching your dreams and your goals in life, you have to deal with this backlash, you know, the setbacks, the obstacles because you can't grow, you can't learn, you can't evolve without going through things like this. So with that being said, along with me going through my own obstacles with this podcast and having to kind of rebrand, I thought it'd be really awesome to bring my dad on here to be the co-host today to talk about the obstacles he has gone through to get where he is now. My dad is a business owner today. Um, It did not start like that though. You know, I was born on food stamps, on welfare, you know, and I think what he has to say is extremely inspiring and it pushes and motivates me every day. So dad, you want to introduce yourself to the crowd and yeah, start sharing some of your experiences with us. Yeah, well, hey, first of all, thank you for having me on and, and congratulations and kudos to all the things you've accomplished with this. I think it's amazing. I think you're awesome. Uh, so I am Al Simon. I don't know if it's good or bad that it's the obstacle that looks his way that uh, made her think about uh, bringing me on. But uh, <laughs> welcome to life, kid, right? Like you're trying to do a good thing with this yep. mental mental health, health happy hour and then the world gives you a roadblock, right? So Welcome to being an adult. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Al. I'm 47, married 24 years, have two daughters, and I try to live the most virtuous life I could possibly live. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think you do, to be honest, but it hasn't always been like that. You know, it hasn't always been as great as you want it to be. I mean, I would say right now, I mean, we're grown up, you and mom, you know, have aged well like you said you've been married 24 years do you think you would have been in the position you are now like looking forward when you were like 15 years old 
Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. It's always that yes and no, right? Mm -hmm. Did I, did I dream this? Did I want this? You bet. Right. Did I think it could happen? No, I, I, I you know, it's, it's the dreams come true. Yeah. But who thinks dreams come true? Right. So you got to work hard. Right. And it's, it's a hard road, the hard road to make your dreams come true. Ask anybody who's ever had a dream come true. They will tell you it's a hard road. Well, and so anybody who doesn't know, so my dad um, is a business owner. He's basically worked his way up in the industry he's in. And yeah, now he he finally is kind of where he's been looking to go. So dad, when you were a kid, was this ever like, did you want to be a business? Like, did you see this happening for yourself? Like what what was kind of your end goal when you were younger? You know, another good question, right? So the end goal when I was younger. So, so I was I was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. My dad's from Brooklyn. My mom's from Queens, and so the big city has always been like the sparkling jewel in my eye. And so my dad's dad, my grandfather, my pappy, was a was a nobody who became somebody in the New York real estate game, and and so that has always been something that I've built my own tried to build my own identity around as my grandfather of this nobody hustling guy who's just this Lebanese slick talk and just did it right just did it right and so that's who I always wanted to be that's awesome so you looked up to Pappy basically my grandpappy yes correct but he passed away when I was five right so it's this oh. like enigma it's like this yeah maybe fictitious, maybe factual person that I have developed in my mind, right? So how did you grow up? You know, did I mean, I know how you grew up, but tell everybody, like, did you have money? Did you have everything you needed? Like, how, how was your living situation as you grew up? So, so as I just mentioned, my, my, my pappy was a nobody who became a somebody, a very successful somebody. And my dad, uh, was his oldest son and so my dad was one of those kids who grew up more with like the the, the silver spoon and the paved path right yeah and so my dad is a very intellectual person one of the smartest people i've ever met in my life but uh when his dad passed away at my dad's young age of 26 25 26 and i was five five no three three or four five three you know m m my dad didn't rebound as well from that of his dad passing away so so he 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 actually had a lot of psd and he he never recouped from his dad passing away to be completely honest and and and, and anyway so as a as a three four five year old right going up this this grandfather who was the king of new york and then he passes away and then everything changes and so i grew up much harder than that right the whole rug ripped out like a three like everything changed and so I would say from that moment on, we grew up um, lower middle class is what I would say. Okay. Right. Every day was a struggle. Right. So uh, I'll just give I'll just give you one example and then we can move on. But mm -hmm. so uh, before they had free and reduced lunch in like fifth grade, sixth grade. Right. Yeah. The the, the lunch was uh, two dollars and fifty cents. Right. Mm -hmm. And every week me and my brother got ten dollars. Okay. So if you do the math, $10 is $2 a day. Yeah. 
the one way you slice it at some point is not enough. Mm -hmm. And so I'll never forget being the guy who stood at the end of the lunch line, asking people for their extra nickels and dimes to get the two fifty. Jeez. Right, because some Mondays I pay my own two fifty. I could pay my way. Tuesday I could pay my own way. Wednesday I could pay my own way. Yeah, but for yeah, right? Friday like one out, of the right? days. Yeah, you can't get lunch. Right, and so at the ripe old age of eight, I was um, begging, hustling, whatever word you want to choose on that. So did that? I mean, was that kind of the lifestyle you did? Would you say you know you had to hustle and get a lot of things? I mean, starting eight years old up until you went to college. Basically. Okay. Basically, so, that was it, right? You just learned yeah. how to turn diamond to 15 cents, right? Did that ever, like, take away from the motivation you had? So, like, when you were going, like, going through high school, you know, you're getting ready for college. Was your situation that where you were in, was that motivating to move up? Or did you get set back to the point where you were almost like, this is it. Like, this is my life, you know? So it's one of these crazy things, right? You go from being so humble, right? Asking people for their extra change to figuring out how to turn a diamond to 15 cents, right? You figure out the hustle, right? Because you're not going to go back. Yeah. And 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 that's that's what taught me. That's just, I, I've taken that. So eight years old is actually the ingredients, right? Mm -hmm. Of what gave me the innate ability, right? And that's, that's why I look back in, at 47 to look back all these years of all that hate and discontent of being poor of asking and begging for change of flipping things. When you look back, it, it's the fiber that built you, right? That negativity that you once had, if you could, when you, when you can burn that in your boiler of your stomach and you come out on the other side and you realize that was actually a positive, right? It's the fiber that you can never change of who you are as a human being. That makes sense. No, it doesn't. To be honest, it makes me think of I will never forget this, too. You know, when you told me the story about like the country club and you flipping burgers at the country club with all, you know, these. Just I, I don't know what you'd call them. I don't want to say pretentious, but, you know, people that had wealth, people that had money, you know, and I mean, that always stuck in my head. You telling me the story about, you know, where we've gotten to now, you know, you looking back as a kid being all like, I'm going to be one of those people one day. You know, that's, you know, that's one of the greatest things. So me and your mom, right? So me and your mom, we've been, we've been, we've been hustling together for a long time. So I love this lady. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, so, so we needed jobs. We needed summer jobs to keep paying the rent and moving. Right. Because we're, we're self-sufficient. It's just her and I. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we get this job at a country club. Right. And yeah. so she gets the job as the cart girl and I get the job as a fry station boy <laughs> at the pool. And so I'm hustling for $7 an hour and your mom is striping it. I was going to say, she was probably making bank as a car girl. No, she was striping it. Your mom's a great looking girl, right? And she's just killing it. Here I am. I'm getting pimples with grease on my face, right? I'm looking out at all these people jumping in the pool off of diving boards with their good looking kids. And I'm like, man, that is the life I want. I'm going to go earn my way to that. Yep. Exactly. No, but it's moments like that that just make. I don't think you enjoy the good moments as much as you do if you don't go through you know, the negative ones where you're like, through pain. This sucks. Call it what it yeah. is. It's pain. Yeah, you're right. You have pain. to go through pain to enjoy stuff, right? Yep. That's all painful stuff, man. Like, if people don't take solace in the pain, they'll never get to the, the, the glory, right? That's what it is. It, yep. It's life's not easy. You know? No, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So how would you say you got on what started you? So 
where you're at now, what was your starting point? What got you on that track? Wait, actually, time out. I take that back. Should we touch on your college years just to like? All right. So, so that, that can also fast. that can kill people's motivation as well. Like the things you kind of dealt with in college. Yeah. So, so um, I'm the dumb guy who 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 waived the baseball scholarship because he didn't want to put in the time and commitment. And decided to shoulder it himself. So I'll always say it's one of the dumbest decisions I've ever made in my life. But without it, I wouldn't be here. So yeah. I relegate the dumbness, but it was still stupid. Okay. But uh, so so I, I I paid my own way through college. Um, failed out my first year. Right, first year. You know, I didn't read the uh, syllabus and attendance was a big deal. And so while I aced every test, I showed up 10% of the time. So it was an F and I had to leave. They asked me to leave politely. So anyway, so when I go back home and my dad gives me this triumphant speech of, son, there's two ways to earn money in this world, with your head or with your hands. And now is your ultimate choice. You're either going to work or you're going back to school. And then I realized it's like, I do not want to go to work with my hands. I have to use my brain. And so I got it together. I humbled myself. I slept on my parents' crappy little ghetto basement couch and went to the community college and got my grades back up. I was actually lucky enough to go with my brother. That was a fun year. I went with my older brother, which is a totally different story. <laughs> but uh got my grades up. And then my little crazy buddy, Ravi Mack, around the way said, hey, there's this little community college up in Genesee, New York, about eight hours up north. They got some dorms, fun time, come be with me. So me, Doe, and Wu were like, sure, we'll come up there. So we go up there, and that's where I get to meet your mom, right? Yeah. And so I meet your mom out of nowhere, and we we, we, we have um, love at first sight for both of us. I tell her more than me, but it is true, her more than me. But <laughs> most amazing person I've ever met in my life. This is This is why it's always God's plan, too, right? I don't even know why I went up there. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I meet her. She comes to Georgia with me. We go to Georgia Southern. We graduate Georgia Southern together. But what happened before you? Wait. You didn't graduate before you had me, did you? I was in your graduation picture. Was no. that mom? No, no. We, 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 I didn't know how fast or slow you want to be on this because there's a lot of stories everywhere in between, right? Oh, but, no, uh, you're good. I was no, just no. going to say. So wait, before I we graduated, we had a kid in our junior. Jen and I were both uh, uh, juniors going to our senior year of college that summer. And uh, my girlfriend, my living girlfriend, got... Uh, pregnant in college and so so the 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 lady hosting this podcast is uh is the person that uh that we were we were blessed to have true fact (laughs) alex was born on 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 welfare food stamps and wick right so i had to live that whole embarrassing part of my life of getting government cheese and milk and and See, I didn't even want to talk about that. That yeah, has its own obstacle, right? Being yeah. the brokest guy in the world and, and having But that's a kid hard. And... That's the thing. Like having because when you have a kid, that's a whole I mean, people don't understand how big of a responsibility that is. And you are at such a young age where you were still figuring your shit out. So is mom. And then you add another human being that you guys now have to take care of. I mean, that's overwhelming. I mean, so many people want to throw the towel in when something like that happens. You want to hear God's truth? Yeah. Every young man, when, when when they're having their first kid, right, with their girlfriend, it is the craziest thing. And you get scared and you get weary and you want to run and you don't know what to do, right? You have yeah. all these crazy emotions going through you, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to jet like every 
dipshit ever wants a jet, right? To never be responsible, right? But I, 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 I couldn't. I held in, right? And I was still, I still had my trepidations, right? Yeah. And I was in the delivery room, and I'll never forget. I'll never forget when you came out, and you came out head first, and I saw your face, and you looked just like me. <laughs> when you look just like me, my whole world changed, right? Like, yeah. something else became more important than me. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm like, how can you quit on that? <laughs> how can you quit on that, right? Yeah. So, 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 you know, every obstacle that ever crossed my path after that moment of, of seeing you and my, my beautiful wife, I was like, there's no obstacle that I can't conquer or that I'm not willing to take on to make this happen for them. Yeah. And I believe that to this day. Yeah. That moment in time radically changed my life forever. That's amazing. That's cool. I really like that. So then what what was the next step? So after college, if you're done hitting on college, I mean, anything else that you want to touch on then before you kind of got into the workforce? Yeah, so 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 getting this job, my first job was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Right. So I was running little construction jobs. Right. I was doing you name it. Every construction shit job you could ever think of. I was working at the restaurant. Right. Your mom was bartending. Cause she was one year behind. Right. So your mom had to take off a year cause yeah. she got pregnant. Right. So she had to lay back a year. Right. So mm -hmm. I wanted, I was ready to go. I graduated. Right. But I couldn't, I couldn't move on. Right. We're in the middle. Yeah. We're in Statesboro, Georgia. There's nowhere to go. And we'll really work. Right. So I had to, every meager job you could ever think of. Right. And then yeah. I had to get together. And so <laughs> this is when computers first came out. Right. So, so we scraped and scrimped our money together and we got this, um, Apple computer, right? And uh, mm -hmm. no, it was it was a gateway. Sorry, gateway computer. And this is when like Monster first came out, and I would apply for every job that I could ever see, right? And so what I would do, I worked it out a schedule, where I would work Sunday day, I would drive to Atlanta Sunday night, I would stay with my folks, and I would interview three times Monday, and then drive back late Monday night to make my shift Tuesday. I did that for months, months, drove back and forth all four hours, right? Uh, crashing my parents so i finally and i never landed a freaking job right well, i was gonna say how, right? how many jobs do you think you applied for until you finally got one i don't know 400 <laughs> i don't know a lot a lot oh, right that, i had nothing on my yeah. resume right i yeah. had um i had a uh, longhorn steakhouse server and cook car wash <laughs> attendant english major my dad was always mad too he's like what are you gonna do with your english degree <laughs> i said dad this is my problem. When I was in high school, right, I was an ignorant little bastard, right, to be truthful. Yeah. But I knew that <laughs> everybody, right? And then one thing in high school I never did, I never learned the English language, right? I was an idiot. I was an idiot. Yeah. And so at college, what I had to do is I had to go back and I had to go master the English language, right? So I took English as my major and I learned all my grammar. I learned all of my literature. I learned it all. I learned it all. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, what are you going to do with that, you dummy? Yeah. And here we are in technology age, emails, text, right? That's all it is. Yeah. It's all about communication. Yep. And guess who can communicate with the best of them? No, you can't. Yeah, exactly. You had a degree in this it. guy, right? So sidebar that, right? Yeah. But at that time, right, that 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 degree didn't really matter as much as it does right now of what I just said, right? So battling through this obstacle of an English degree with no resume, trying to find a job with a new wife and a new kid. I always tell this little joke, too. This may be too much for this thing, but, man, you want to talk about not pooping solid for a year? That was me, right? <laughs> Worried every day. Nerves through the roof. But that's that's the truth of it, though, because when you're going through stressful situations like that, like high-stress lifestyle situations, it can affect your health. So, like, 
funny that you bring that up because that's the thing that people don't understand is, you know, you're going so much, you're always so worried, but it can cause digestive issues. That's a big thing. Lead into anxiety, depression. That's a whole sidebar. But yeah, I mean, there is some truth to that. There is truth to it. But you know what the truth really is? It was never about me. It was about you and your mom. Yeah. Right. And I'm willing to sacrifice everything it takes to make it good for you guys. Yeah. Right. I'm willing to always every day of my life. Yeah. Right. And, and and so, you know, overcoming obstacles, I think the ultimate thing is having a reason why a reason you want to. Right. A I never wanted to do it for me. Right. If you do it yeah. for yourself, then it seems selfish. Right. But if you do it for others, for, for, yeah. for, for, for sure, just pure joy for love of others, of trying to make them smile. Right. Yeah. Like it's one of the like I do it for this. I try to blow your mom, your mom's mind every day <laughs> in some capacity. Right. Yeah. That's what I do. I try to blow your mind every day and your sisters on these things that I try to do for you guys. Right. Things that nobody think I can do. I do it for you. Right. I try to blow your mind every day. That's the only reason I do it. Yeah. So and that helps you achieve and overcome obstacles. No, I, and I agree. So. Tell me about your first job. Ah. After after so applying my first job, to right? all these, yeah, all these places. So we'll go back to all the. Remember when I said I drove up there, back and forth, back and forth, right? Yeah. So one of these interviews, I connect with this guy. We'll call him Tom. Then we hit it off. Him and I hit it off. We're like thick as thieves, right? Yeah. And I meet the branch manager, and him and I don't jive, right? So I don't necessarily get the job, and I didn't quite move up to Atlanta, but he's like. Check with me in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I call him back in about a month, and he's like, we filled the job, but you still haven't come up to Atlanta. When you come up here, call me again. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, I get a job. I get an offer for the Gallup poll. $22,000 a year, and I have to drive an hour through traffic. Jeez. I'm like, what a shitty job. Yeah. So before we, we move, your mom gets a job as a teacher. Right. So, so you want to talk about overcoming obstacles. So you, we have you welfare, Wick, all that. Now we're, we graduated. We have no money and we're moving. Now we have to move ourselves from our college apartment to Atlanta, Georgia with no money. And like the, your little blue car, right? We have to move. Your mom gets a job as a teacher. We're like, sweet. Mm -hmm. Oh, they pay monthly. Okay. We could deal with that. They hold your first month back. Your first paycheck back. So your mom doesn't get paid for two months. The brokers we've ever been in our life. And I yet to have a real job. I have a $22,000 a year job that I haven't started yet. Jeez. So we have no money. And a uh, eight-month-old daughter. Oh, my God. So I say, okay, Jim, before I drive an hour and a half through the city for no money, before I bang my head against the steering wheel, I want to I hate to say it this way because you're – Commit suicide because that's eventually what happens, right? Just terribleness, yeah. right? And I say that facetiously. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to call this guy Tom back. And I call Tom back and he says, crazy enough, this girl quit. He said, come back and interview. I'm like, okay. So I show up interview one more time. The, the, the branch manager, his name is Chuck, still doesn't want to hire me. So I go back home and I get a call. I'll never forget from this guy named Perry Tornquist. Mm -hmm. Calls me out of the blue, right? I'm back in the apartment with you on the floor, crawling around. We're playing. Your mom crying. I'm like, I didn't get the job. 
And uh, this guy calls me, Barry Dornquist, and he just starts rapping with me, right? What do I do? Who I am? I told him I was working at a restaurant, English, everything I just told you. I, just, yeah. I said to him. He's like, we like people like you. We like outgoing people who, who, who've who been in, 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 in the hospitality industry. And, and this is what we kind of build our company off of. And mm-hmm. so we have an hour and a half conversation. We hang up, think nothing of it. About an hour and a half, two hours later, Tom calls me up and says, you got the job. Huh. Like, what do you mean I got the job? He's like, I jumped Chuck and I went to the regional manager and I got him to talk to you and he loved you. I'm like, but the branch manager hates me. He's like, we'll deal with that tomorrow. I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's roll. Yeah. So you get the job. Branch manager hates me. So go. Who, who, who's the low man? Golden Paul working on every shitty job you could possibly work on in a staffing company. This guy. <laughs> well, you know what I do with that? Hmm. I took lemons into limes. Right. Sorry. I took, I make lemons into lemonade, right? I took lemons and limes exactly. and make them into lemonade. Yep. And I start to crush all the shitty jobs. And then all like the hot, hot shot guys, right. Who are working the easy to fill jobs, uh, like the bang, 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 bang ones. Right. Yeah. Well, they start getting posts from competitors and go to other companies. I'm like, well, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I start picking all that up. Right. So you're just adding to the workload. So basically, just to divvy it out for people who don't understand the staffing industry, my dad was just piling up on jobs. Like, he was literally trying to take as much work, basically just build up his rap. Got it, right? Any job. Like, I'll I'll just keep working. I just keep putting people to work, right? Uh And so now... Can you hear me? Oh, yep. You're good. I, uh, I, I became the best lead generator in the whole company. Right. If you wanted new business, I, I was the best squirrel in the whole company. Mm-hmm. Like I could figure this out. Like I'm the guy who turned uh, uh, reference checks into leads that they had to stop doing it. I, I, anybody else can argue with me. I did this in 1996. So they check me. That's when I started this. But anyway. Uh, so, Tom, I was feeding him leads. Right. So Tom was my champion. Mm-hmm. And I'm about just at my one year mark from that. And Tom Hilton quits my champion, my dude, my chaperone, the guy who leapfrogged the branch manager to the general or or the the regional manager to get me the job quits. I'm like, oh, shit. Kelly, what what are you going to do now? Yeah. Now this guy now I'm like. So he knows I'm crushing this. Right. So the branch manager comes to me and. uh, He's like. What are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. What are we going to do? Who's going to sell the jobs? He's like, I guess you are. You're bringing the leads and I guess you're going to sell the jobs. I'm like, okay. Well, if I sell the jobs, do I get Tom's commission plus my commission for filling it? He's like, uh, nobody's ever asked that before, but I guess. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. If I get both commissions, I'll sell and recruit. Uh-huh. So I start doing that, right? Yeah. And it goes for about six months, give or take. Nah. And I start killing it, right? I think my weekly starts to become more than the take or, or, or the branch manager's take home, right? Because I'm getting both sides of this. Yeah. And then he comes to me. He says, "Ah, oh, we can't do both sides of the commission anymore. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, so you're going to get somebody else to come sell or recruit? He's like, no, you still got to do it. I'm like, and I don't get both bullshit. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm like, that's not fair. That's not equitable. No, the amount of time and I'm effort like, spent. Right? So they started taking my sales commission away. So 
Now, here I am, 16 months. So I'm the same scared little kid who had nothing but an English degree, longhorns, and car wash. Right now, I got maybe 16 months on my, my resume of recruiter slash sales guy, right? Everything I just yeah. told you I did in 16 months. And now I'm like APB. So I start calling everybody I know, but Tom's really the only guy I know, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Tom, I'm like, I'm out. This is what he's like, what's going on? I told him what Chuck did. He's like, meet me at the steak and ale. I'll talk to you, right? So I taken this job on 16 months ago. My initial base salary was $24,000. And in 16 months, I got myself up to about $83,000. Straight on hustle. Twenty-three. Right. So the other 50 is all me, right? Yeah. Right? That's what I did. Right? But this is too much. He's cut my commission. So 83 is going to become 63 real fast. I already know that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do two people's jobs. So Tom comes to me. I talk to Tom, and he introduces me to this company called PIC. Mm Mm-hmm. But the base salary there is 40 plus this, like, fictitious bonus, right? Yeah. So half. I'm going to half. Damn, yeah, half what you were just making. Half. And I'd do it. Why did you do it? Why? Yeah. One, I believe in Tom. Two, I believe in myself. And three, I believe in the opportunity. Working for a guy that I knew had my back was always going to make me better. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's that this risk it biscuit thing, right? Like, Sometimes it's, it see people get so caught up in the monetary value of an opportunity. It blinds them. Right. It's not about yeah. that. It's about what can you learn? What can you become? And if I never took that opportunity, I would never own this company and do what I'm doing right now. I promise you that. Yep. It, it's a fact. Right. But people, they get so jaded. Right. It's like this, this. Uh, keeping score with the Joneses. Right. But the only person you have to really keep score with is yourself. Right. Yep. And how are you getting better? And what are you doing, right? And and so you take half pay, which is an obstacle. But man, kiddo, you sh- all the things I've learned and become from doing that mm-hmm. have have made me who I am. Right? I learned the craft business there. You know, what, you here's a. So I met somebody at our trade show the other week, right? And so PIC, the place that taught me the craft business, doesn't even do it anymore. Wow, how mind blowing is that? That is crazy, right? Where I get my pedigree. The place that taught me the recipe doesn't even do it anymore. Wow. Does that scare you at all? No. It tells me that they couldn't do as good as I do it. There we go. Right? I did it. I was their guy. I was the best that they ever had do it. And when I left, they could never replicate it. And I never looked back and I never thought about it until she told me they don't do it anymore because they could never replace me. Yeah. Right? This this is what I said. There's nobody, right? The street hustler, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But when I dig in, nobody will ever outwork me. Every these, what people don't understand about obstacles is like every obstacle has a silver lining for those that want to think about it that way. Most people are like, woe is me. I have bad luck. It keeps happening to me. Every time it happens to me, I first think that. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go again. And then like, what's the problem? And I'm like, okay, when I come out on the other side, I'm going to learn this skill from this problem, right? Yep. I'm going to be I'm going to be better adaptive to how to handle this the next time. Mm-hmm. But when you crinkle up and say, woe was me and get all depressed about it, it's like, come on, man. That's what life is. Look, yeah. you, the person who has the mental health happy hour, the world just said you can't use that name. Exactly. And that's right? the thing. So I, what, okay. I do want to say. I'm done. The world told me <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do? You got to battle on, right? Well, and I will say, you know, where you said, you know, you have that moment of being like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, when I found out, I literally got off the phone with the lawyer and she basically was like, yep, you have to come up with a new name for the podcast. 
like I said, the whole issue with the logo, I hung up the phone. I walked into the other room because my boyfriend was sitting with me and I just had like a meltdown, you know, because I mean, it's frustrating and, you know, it's frustrating building something up or working so hard towards something and it, you know, kind of, I don't want to say crumble in front of you because it didn't crumble. It's just going to get better, but it doesn't go the way you think it's going to. And it's really difficult, but I think that's why people don't persevere into the things they want to, because I can see how easy it is to throw in the towel when something goes wrong. I think I, I love you. You have a great way of doing this. That's why I love you. Right. But uh, so so what I want to say is the meltdown, the initial meltdown is fine. Yeah, right. 100 percent. To go scream and <clears throat> be mad. like It's OK. We all do it. Yep. And then what do you do after that? Exactly. If you stay in that moment. If you stay in that moment, then you are the failure and you are the problem. Right. It's what do you look? Everything you have done to this point is a great accomplishment. Just because somebody wants to take your name away doesn't mean what you're doing is not important or not good. or doesn't mean it doesn't get to move on. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and nine so times out of ten, what are you going to do it? You're going to you're going to like we all do. We're going to kick and scream and say this sucks. The world is unfair. And I'm going to figure this out because what I I believe in this and I'm going to move it forward. Exactly. But if you right? give up, you're, fa- you're failing yourself. Because to be honest, nine times out of ten when I fail at something, it points me into a better direction of something, you know, I wouldn't have even planned out for myself. So that's the thing is good things happen from these unexpected things that come up. But it's the people that, like you said, the woe is me that just stay in that same spot and don't try to evolve out of it. That's it where means your problem it is. never meant anything anyway. I like that you say that. Say that right? again. It means it never meant anything anyway. If Facts. you're not willing to pick it up after somebody's beat you down, it never meant anything anyway. Right? Exactly. That's why you picked it back up and you're going to keep moving your mantle forward because it means something. But if it never meant anything to you when they told you, nope, you got to take your name away back, ah, screw it. But it means something to you. That's why you move it forward. But for most people, it's like, I tried. They told me, no, I quit. Oh, good for you. Like, this is why. This is the problem. This is the problem with most people. It's like, no, everybody's going to tell you no. Yep. That's how it works. Exactly. Like, I'm going to just shine the light on this, too, because this is something we all know. So Sarah Blakely, the inventor of Spanx, she tried to get her idea of Spanx into the market for, I think, it was like five or seven years. And it was a male-predominant buying industry. So they overlook. I mean, Dad, you probably... You do now, but if someone would have come to you with the idea of Spanx as a male, you probably wouldn't have understood the importance or how much it could be, you know, loved by women. But that's the thing is Neiman Marcus finally gave her a shot and like Spanx is a staple of the fashion industry now. So that's the thing. If she would have thrown the towel in then, we wouldn't have Spanx. (laughs) Perseverance followed by passion. Yep. That is what it is all about kudos to her yeah seriously right persistence the world is going to keep kicking you mm-hmm. that's how it works i'll give you a hundred stories how the world kicked me right yeah this isn't a what was me journey right but look this is what separates right this is what separates the real from the fake mm-hmm. everyone wants something for nothing right i will say this right like everybody has ptsd about something here's mine I have worked my butt off my whole life. 
And I'm one of the people now who pulled the wagon in this whole crazy economy in this world. Mm-hmm. But it's getting so hard to pull the wagon. I have PTSD that I am going to give up and get in the wagon with everybody else who wants a free cheese. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I say that daunting. I'm never going to give up, but that's what I say because everybody has a what was me story. Look to, the, look to your neighbor. Look to the person you're right, your left. Everybody has some story in their life where there's a what was me. Everybody. Yep. Right? Everybody's mom was mad to him or dad was mean to him or something go right everybody has a what was me story everybody yeah everybody has their story everybody has something that has formed you and shaped you into the person you are today because of that experience or what you what are you gonna do with it yep what are you gonna do with it even if your story was bad right we all have bad behind us what are you gonna do with it now right Mm -hmm. how are you gonna overcome your personal obstacles to move forward And that's the thing is it's hard. We're not saying it's easy either, but, you know, you have to want more for yourself. And you like you, my dad said, you have to have that purpose and passion to drive you to want better for yourself. That's it. Right. You have to have the passion. Right. Nobody can have it for you. It has to be innate. Yep. Right. You know, it's the crazy part. Hmm. When I grew up as a kid, the only people who were spoiled in this world were rich kids. Right. Yeah. But now it's not even the rich kids who are spoiled anymore. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, like, um, any most kids, anything they want at any time they want it, they get it. Yeah. We don't teach anybody perseverance. You want something, go mow a lawn. Go babysit. Go put some time in. Mm -hmm. Anything that's free has no value. Doesn't matter if it's a 20 cent cupcake or $100 trophy. It doesn't matter. If it's free, it means nothing. Right. And, and and so, you know, if it's free and has no meaning, then there's no there's never an obstacle. Right. Because mm-hmm. obstacles, you don't even try to, to do it. You're like, nope. Too big of a wall. I'm just not even going to deal with it. My mom will pay for it. Yeah. Right. I know. Exactly. You don't really care about it that much. You don't. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this is what I mean. Like the world's going to be like so average American makes eighty thousand dollars. Right. Give or take eighty five. Okay. Let's say two people are married. So they make 170 together, mm-hmm. right? That's uh tax man 130 give or take. So you need 70, 80, 90 to live a year, so 70. So the best you could save is 600 60 grand. Over 10 years is 600 grand. Over tw- 20 years is 1.2 million dollars. So now you're like 53 well, and you're going to you're going to you're going to support your children for the rest of their lives on that too and you and your wife. No way. On average, the it takes, don't it, work. I was going to say, I, I've read that it costs like two million per kid to raise one up until they're 18, like birth to being 18 years old. Yeah, the math doesn't work. Right. So then you're going to now we're going to have a 50 year old person who's never worked a day in their life in about 30 years from now. Yeah. You know, and this yeah. is why, like, so overcoming obstacles is a great topic because we have to teach everybody how to overcome obstacles. So we don't have a 50 year old person who's never had a job in their life. Yeah. Exactly. No, so we're, we're bound for this, right? Because people like my, my point is being like rich people don't, like because we're not teaching people how to overcome obstacles. Life is hard. Mm. You know, I will teach you this. Like, so uh, you guys, you especially and, 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 and my dear friend Chris's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Like overcoming obstacles. And, and this is a hard thing for people and, and children to hear sometimes is like, I, especially you is bad coaching. Bad coaches, right? So, so you, 
trained and practiced and worked so hard in volleyball, right? Yeah. And and so your senior year, you 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 went through three coaches in your four years of varsity volleyball. And your last year, you thought you had a great coach. And at the end of that year, he benched you for no reason, never communicated. He was trying to bring up younger kids. And then he quit the next year. Yeah. Right? Literally. So let's talk about overcoming obstacles, right? So obstacle for you, right? You, your emotions, how you're dealing with being a senior and something you tried your whole life to be great at, right? And, 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 and then you get benched for no real reason. Me as your father watching this on the sidelines, who literally wants to go down there and punch this guy out. Cause I'm watching you grind on the bench, right? I'm watching my oldest, most beautiful, greatest person grind on the bench. And I'm, I'm, I can't come or I'm going to go kill this guy, Jen. I literally am <laughs> like, this is so unfair the way he treated yeah. you. Right. And this is an obstacle I have to deal with right there in that moment on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> of like, you are mentally abusing my daughter and I cannot handle this. No, and, that, and that's the hard thing, too, is that was a really hard situation because, like my dad said, I played volleyball from, like, fifth grade. I mean, travel ball. It was – I played all the time. Volleyball was my sport. I played basically ha- more than half the year. I would say, like, eight months out of the year. And that was – that's the thing. I mean, some shitty things happen to you, and there's no explanation. And you really – there is no, like, good side to it. And that was – that moment right there as I'm sitting on the bench it's my senior year it's a not like a big game in terms of like who we're playing but it was like our breast our breast cancer game you know it was a fun game for us and it was my last one and here I am sitting on the bench and I'm like so you know I I've worked this hard I've put in all this time and my ass is on the like this is where I get to go you know and I mean there was no moving forward from it so that's the thing is you you have to understand there is the light at the end of the tunnel and sometimes you just get the off deck of hands and you just gotta stomach through it so 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 let me so I I did say some ugly things a minute ago because I have to come over the top with this one thing right (laughs) because this guy is mentally torturing torturing my daughter and I'm watching her on the bench do this and no person in this world has the right to mess with my daughter like that who did nothing wrong put all the time in did everything that was asked you couldn't even man up and give her an explanation as to why you just let her twist in the wind on the bench and this is going to have damaging effects to her for maybe not the rest of her life for a long time what she did wrong what she could have done better right she couldn't have she did it all she did enough to at least be owed an explanation from the coach. But he couldn't even do that. So when I tell you I don't walk down there and punch this guy in his face, yeah, because it's almost as much as him walking up to my daughter and slapping her in the face. Because then everybody justified me punching him. Yeah. Right? No, exactly. But him mentally torturing you, nobody would have justified that, but I saw it, and I had to overcome that obstacle because I knew the world would vilify me for going down there. But you know what I did do? Hmm. I showed up. In the superintendent and the athletic, th- <laughs> and I let them know. You were there, Alex. I no, gave them the business. Yeah. I told them, no way, no how. Are you ever going to treat my daughter, let alone my, anybody else's daughter this way? But that's the thing, and it's something you have to focus on, too, is when things start going wrong and obstacles start coming your way, you have to think about what's in your control. What can you do? Because that's another thing people do is they get so 
upset about things they can't even control. Because the thing is, is if you you can't control it, there's nothing you can do about it. You got to let it go. But if there's something you you can do about it, that's. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Right. How long did you think about that after you graduated? I mean, to be honest, I still think about it because it not exactly. So let me ask you this. So just this is why I want and I don't mean to overhost you, but let me ask you this is what I'm saying. So if somebody was physically punching you in the face. Right. Where you would have had brain trauma from them punching you in the face. And they asked me to stand there and watch that. And I couldn't do anything. I'm supposed to watch that. Right. Because he's not physically doing that to you. He is mentally doing that to you. I'm supposed to just sit there and watch that and expect it's okay from an educator. No, like, exactly. Exactly. No, no, this went to overcome. Like, I have regret over this. I should have done more, right? I should have been more. I should have actually bullied no, him. I, I don't, but that's the thing is. I know. No, it, but tough. that's the thing. You, you, no, but you handled it well. But another thing, too, is, you know, people don't understand how much words can hurt. Like, that, how you stated that by saying that the way people can treat you and talk to you can hurt you mentally just as much as like you said someone punching you in the face physically people don't understand that people don't get that because that's the thing he didn't realize what was going on he didn't realize the mental backlash i was having to get from everything you know right, people I mean, I don't appreciate you taking the high road that's a high road. That 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 shows how mature you are. Because, Alex. but that's the thing is, like, it, it's already happened. What am I gonna do? I like, I have to think about the good times I had playing volleyball. That's and, everything I was no. saying earlier, right? It's no, all the exactly. negativity you take positivity from, right? Yeah. I was just telling you it was an obstacle from like, I almost seemed like a hypocrite from everything I said before. But we we want to talk just about obstacles about things that, right? Of, but of, it's real a dad shit. Loving it's a real daughter, shit. Right? Yeah. It's, it, it's hard, right? And, and so what I'm saying also is I'm not a perfect person, right? Like, I, I, I try my best, too, in everything that I say. So sometimes we are all hypocrites, right? Yeah. Because you watch your daughter go through, that is painful. It is hard, mm-hmm. and it will hurt you. And I've never forgotten it either, Alex. No. I, that I dude lives in my head over no, that. I know. I believe it. So moving forward, you know, with you evolving, facing all these obstacles in life, growing, being a dad you know, having a career, being a husband, having friends, you know, being a son, a brother. What are, do you ever want to throw the towel in, especially, you know, when we moved to Missouri, when you started, you know, you could kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, but then again, like you couldn't, you know, when you thought you had almost made it, but it almost felt impossible to cross the finish line. A thousand times. A thousand times. I wanted to throw in the towel. There's so many times it was much too much. What was your mindset when the like stuff like that would happen? Like, so couple things. One, when I got talked to moving to the middle of nowhere, Missouri, there wasn't another job that could compensate me to the level that I'm at here or was at. And I had you, your sister, and your mom. And the person that I work for knew that, right? So he, he had that leverage over me. Right? That, that and, and so he bullied me a lot over that. Yeah. I was the youngest guy on a board, all the senior management by at least 10 years. That was always brought up every time we were in big meetings, right? Mm-hmm. I could never have a good enough opinion because I was way too young, right? Yeah. I didn't know enough. Or I'll tell you some vulgar things they told me, right? Mm-hmm. 
So it's always been all that. It's been everything. But the the light at the end of the tunnel has always been your mom and and you and your sister, right? That's always like when I want to walk up and just smash somebody or just over talk somebody or just right, just mm, I just I ate it. Right. Oh, exactly. But and I do want to say, so you did it for us, but you did have goals of your own. And that's important, too. I want you to hit on that, too. Like you had us to think about, but you had your own personal goals that you wanted to reach. Yeah, for sure. Right. So this is why God is fortuitous and God loves me. Right. So that when I when I wanted to start doing my own thing, right, my one goal was to graduate you and your sister from high school. Right. So all that timed up beautifully. I can only thank God and luck for that, right? That's the yeah. thing, right? And so that, that did help, right? It was it was graduating you guys with a stable place. But then, you know, the culmination of, of always trying, I'm going to emphasize trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then stepping out on your own has paid off. No, and that's you good. Know? And I, I want to note too, so my dad started branching off with his new business in 2020. So the year of COVID, the year of everything shutting down, the year that made everything impossible for everyone, that is when, after everything he's gone through, when this really came to fruition. For to him. make that a little more triumphant, right? So, so the only, only the dumbest person in the world will go into the business the Monday before the presidential election between Biden and Trump. That's when I decided to put my flag in the ground, right? In the middle of COVID. <laughs> One of the smartest things I've ever done, right? Yeah. No, but no risk it, no biscuit. Exactly. Exactly. So looking back, you know, at your career now, I mean, there's obviously things you wish you would have done better. But I mean, for people that are aspiring to do something with their lives, to move up, to reach their goals, to, you know, go over obstacles that are in their way. What are some things that, I don't know, maybe you told yourself, you know, honest truths that you had to, you know, have those conversations with yourself to be like, okay, if I want to get here, this is what I have to do. You have to work hard. Always, It's always about working hard. But, but really, here's the truth, right? Have integrity. Integrity is the biggest thing. And you ask anybody, anybody who hears this and ever has done business with me, or that I know in my life, I'm a man of integrity. And, and that is a separate, whether you're poor, rich, building yourself up, not right. There's rich people who have no integrity nobody likes, right? Mm-hmm. There are poor people with no integrity, right? There are poor people with integrity that everybody loves. Like, integrity is everything. Yep. When you have integrity, people will rally around you, right? Mm-hmm. That is the one thing that I've learned through all these years, right, is just be honest, right? Mm-hmm. One of the... Everybody says, Al, how do you say the same thing all the time? It's like, because I don't lie. The truth is easy to remember. Yep. You know, it's one of those, you know, one of those things like, like one of my biggest obstacles is myself. Does that make sense? It does, but I want you to expand on it so everybody can understand that. So, so Al is an in your face. It is what it is. Facts are facts kind of guy. Truth. And for most people at first, it's too much. It's way too much, right? They shut down immediately. But then those who hang on in the long run, they thrive. We thrive together, right? Because it mm-hmm. is what it is. And most people are like, I like it that way. Yep. Like, why aren't more people like you, Al? Because everybody hates it at first. Everybody hates 
the facts or your opinion. It's, sometimes it's just my opinion. My facts may be wrong, right? But it's still my opinion. But I just put it all on the line. Like, you know exactly where you stand. So in business in the beginning, right, at Pick, they used to tell me there's no way a cursing, smoking guy like you, Al, is going to make it to leadership. That's what they told me in the beginning of my career. Uh-huh. No way. No way you're going to make it. I'm like, watch. There's a better way. That's what you That's what you guys don't understand is a better way. You can be real. Right? You don't. Here's the crazy part. Everybody told me who I was this guy. They're cheating on their wives. They're doing all this crazy nonsense that I would never do. Right? It's like yep. you're less of a human being than I am. Just because I say it up front, you hide it, which makes you a squirrel. Right? Like, what are you doing? Yep. Like, so those are the people who, who were leading me in the beginning. Right? And I'm like, you guys are a joke. You know that, right? And so you just stay true to who you are. You have integrity, right? You believe in doing good things, right? Yep. That's the best part about being a, a Christian, right? That's what, I love Jesus, right? Do good deeds. That's all it ever comes down to. I believe that my whole life. Do good deeds. Take care of people and good things will happen to you. No, exactly. It's like you've, and I, I'm a big believer in it. The more you put into the universe, like, you can't expect good to happen to you and just be putting negative bullshit into the universe if you, you give it. to people like you're gonna be happy it's gonna make you feel good like it, that's the thing what goes around comes around negatives make positives too that's what people miss yeah it's the negatives that give you the fortitude and the strength right how do you build calluses how do you figure stuff out life is about experiences right mm-hmm and if it's negative experience that you grow and learn from, right? So if life's not about experience, it's always easy, right? Exactly. If your mom brings you breakfast every day, you're never going to know how to cook. Is it nice when my mom brings me breakfast? Heck yes. And anytime my mom could bring me breakfast, she will still bring me breakfast. But you know how many times I make my own breakfast? A lot. Exactly. Because I am self-sufficient. As you you know, and that's 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 the point, right? And the breakfast is a minor thing in what I'm saying, though, but it's everything. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to be great at something? Go do it yourself. Get up early. Work hard. Think it through. Don't be emotional. Base your life off of facts. Yep. Not people's opinions. Not what you think. Facts. If facts isn't the first place you heard it from or the first place you read it from, facts are researching it. Hear from 10 different places. Mm-hmm. Read through it. Think about it. Come on, your own opinion. Exactly. But, no, see, that's that. why people can't handle obstacles, right? Because it's just easier to quit and get on the bandwagon, right? No obstacles in the bandwagon. We're all together. Like, you're just going to. Well, that's why no, if you persevere, if you want something in this world and you put your head down and you grind it, I promise you're going to be part of the small percentage of people that make it. Because it's like when we talked about like Abraham Lincoln, one of yes. our presidents, one of our greatest presidents. I mean, he failed literally constantly until he was like, what, 45? That was when he got yes. to office. He, he lost the presidency twice. I mean, go <laughs> anybody who doesn't know, go go read up on Abe. Go read up on Abe Lincoln. And, and then and you'll grow crazy. up and you'll start to battle through obstacles. Yep. 100%. Look, he buried three kids, four kids. Come and on. like his, like what his wife, too. Oh, yeah, mom, dad, his sister, first wife. Yeah, three kids. Yeah, lost the presidency twice. Ran for other offices and lost. I mean, every bad thing that could happen, I'm pretty sure happened to Abraham Lincoln before he came president. Everybody, go back to what we started with, Alex. Everybody has a "woe was me" story. Exactly. Right, it's how you want it to end. Yep. Right, it's how you. 
One time I would talk to this this um this school called Whittier, mm-hmm. right? And it's for like the um this place high school kids or whatever you want to call it. And I, they asked me to talk because I also was a co- a kid who graduated from a displaced high school, right? I'm a yeah. I'm a alternative school program graduate, by the way. I probably should have started with that, right? Mm-hmm. So they asked me at the local place to show up the alternative school program. Yeah. And I told them, uh, I hope I hope this isn't censored, but I told these kids, I'm like, when you guys turn 18, nobody gives a shit. Your mom hated you, or your dad was a drug addict, or this. Nobody gives a shit when you turn 18. Yeah. And the, and the sooner you understand that, right, yep. the, the better you will be. And there's some people going to listen to this that have parents that love them, right? Yeah. And they want to rebel against them. I tell you not to because I just told you about the Whittier kids who don't even have parents, right? Yeah. And for the, the ones who have parents who love them and you rebel, shame on you. Yeah. Right? Shame on you. Get on the bus, Gus. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Well, that pretty much wraps everything up. I mean, are there any final thoughts or things you want to share? Yeah, so I, I want to share uh, one final thought about um, how amazing I think the 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 journey you're on here with your mental health happy hour is. I wish you good fortune. I wish you good fortune in your new uh, branding. Thank. I hope you. that goes amazing for you. I know you'll do it. You'll persevere through it. Right? It's an obstacle that you will you will overcome, and I bet the next title will be even more amazing and better. So I wish you much luck. Thank you. And thank you for coming on here. It was great to have. I've had my sister. I've had my dad. I got to get my mom. I got to figure out what mom can talk about. But it's been really great, just especially having people listen to your story because it inspires and motivates me to work hard every day. And I just I think it'll inspire a lot more people out there. Hey, so tell tell everybody this. Life's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> life, life is not easy. Life is not Ferris wheels no. and cotton candy. That's right, right? <laughs> yeah, end it with that, Alex. Tell them what I taught you when you were five. What's fair? Ferris wheels and cotton candy. Right? It's not that, right? That's, what I grew- That's literally it's what I grew fair. up hearing. My dad literally would tell me those words exactly. He's like, Alex, what's fair? And that was always the response because that life is not fair. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you can start grinding through it. That's right. The sooner you can grind through it. Good job, kid. I love you. Love you, too.